welcome back to the Built for Playmakers podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of ChopChat.com. Fresh off a dub by the nose against Syracuse on Saturday. FSU improves to 1-4 on the season. And that sounds a whole lot better than 0-5, let me tell you. Um, you know, it was great to see those guys finally get over the hump. Um, overcome a, a lot of adversity. You know, I wrote about that on the site uh, in Sunday's post. A lot of adversity. Um, while I was watching the game, I was, I was pissed off for for a great deal of it. I, I you know, I won't lie to you. Just oh man, just um, so many different things. But that's also why I don't do an instant reaction po- podcast because I like to kind of go back and look at it. And um, you know, a, a lot of times you kind of. You know, seeing things as a fan, you miss some things, and and that's the case with this game also. Um, so I want to talk to you guys um, a little bit about that and kind of um, what I my takeaways from the game, and then and then moving forward. Um, if you bet on the game, you lost. Um, the Noahs were um, five and a half point favorites. Now, obviously, they won by three. So unfortunately, if you bet on the Noahs, and hopefully you didn't, um, because they have not proven to be. Um, reliable in that aspect but you can always um fade them and make some money possibly um with uh bet online um you know back better than ever um every teams are um or or going at it in football season um bet online is your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season um updated site and interface with more odds props and contests bet online continues to be the number one source for everything football so just head over to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit don't forget to use the promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive your bonus from football basketball boxing right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Um, but back to the game, um, I want to start with the offense. You know, I was uh, a little surprised to see Jordan Travis as the um, starting quarterback, uh, considering he didn't play the week before and um, everyone knew he had the big leg brace on or knee brace on uh, during the week. Um, but also I knew that McKenzie Milton, you know, he got – got beat up pretty good um in last week's game also so um when, when I heard Jordan Travis was was going out there the first thing I, I was hoping was I was like well hopefully um it's not a QB rotation type deal um you know if they're going you know whoever you're going to go with go with them and and let it be and so I was glad to see that they um you know allowed Jordan Travis to play the whole game and I was also glad to see that he was able to finish the game. You know, he took some shots, as he always does. Um, you know, I, I, I'll see it time and time again. And some people can look at it as criticism. I just look at it as reality. You know, he's he's not a quarterback. Um, but the kid's got a huge heart, um, you know, will to win. And, you know, he's mainly one of the, the reasons they won the game on Saturday. Um, you know, and it's it's frustrating though, you know, to see some throws that, that should be made. Um, you know, to see him leave the pocket uh, too early, you know, and all those little things. But then you turn around and you know, see him make something out of nothing um with his legs, you know, um or to throw and make a pass where you're like, Wow, okay, that was you know, hey, tip my hat, that was a good throw. Um 
you know, but um, what I saw in this game was obviously, you know, they did not trust Jordan Travis to make throws over the middle. I think they, they, they did try a couple of slants. I know he threw one to um, Malik McLean uh, that should have been caught, albeit he threw it like a hundred miles per hour um, with McLean right there. Um, kind of went through his hands, um, and, uh, and I think they threw another one to Helton or somebody, but uh, it was broken up. I mean, the guy was a blanketing whoever the receiver was. I think it was Helton, but I'm not sure. Um, but what we did see was we saw them uh, going to the screen game a lot, um, basically uh, forcing Syracuse to defend the whole field, which did open up some things, um, you know, deep and as well as the running game. But one of the one of the takeaways I, I I had from this game was how often they used the running backs as wide receivers. Um, and that's kind of telling. I mean, you you didn't get anything from Andrew Parchment beside him, you know, picking up the ball and running it in or the lateral and running it in. And, and the reason that happens is because he missed the block on the play. Um, you know, I think Keyshawn Helton had a couple catches. Uh, Cameron McDonald, you know, showed up and, and had a, a few nice grabs, a couple of passes that were tough, really low when he went down and got them and saved um, Jordan Travis and, you know, uh, wound up scoring a touchdown on, uh, I think it was the first drive that they scored a touchdown. Um, but then Cameron McDonald also missed the block, which resulted in, in the interception too. But, you know, basically you saw Kenny Dillingham and, you know, granted there were some, some calls that I didn't agree with. And, you you know, that's going to happen in every game. But they were trying to get the ball in their playmakers' hands, guys they, they can trust. You know, they can trust Jayshon Corbin. You know, he had uh, 14 rushes, um, and I think he had um, five receptions. Uh, Trayshawn Ward had two rushes, one of them the huge you know 65-yard um, rumble that set up a touchdown. Um, and then I think um, Ward had five receptions also. I would have liked to have seen Trayshawn get a few more carries, but then whenever you have Jordan Travis running the ball, some carries are going to be taken away from somebody. And I guess uh, it was his turn to, to kind of suffer in that in that fashion uh, since uh, Jordan Travis had 19 carries um, on the day. Um, but, you know, you saw them try to get those guys involved in any way possible. So that's why you saw all of the screens uh, horizontally or – or just to the backs and you know out of the backfield because they don't you know they don't trust parchment um Malik McLean is a freshman and I told you guys before the season began I know he was highly rated I know he was playing well in fall camp but it is extremely difficult for freshman receivers to make an impact it just is um always has been so um, he, you know, he's flashed at times, but you know he's a freshman, and so you you kind of got to live live and die with that. Um, you know, but other than that, you know, it was it was the Jordan Travis show. Um, you know, running backs and Jordan Travis that was that was the offense, and, and that's probably what you're going to see moving forward. Um, you know, they didn't get anything from Ontario Wilson. Um, he's missing blocks out there too. Um, you know, so. I, what I what I do feel like is I feel like they they did find you know an identity of some sorts um, last week you know if, if you're gonna play Milton I feel like they you, you could at least look at them and say oh there is there is a game plan of some sorts um, on how they want to attack you know them it's limited 
and, you know, against better teams, it's probably going to be shut down. But at least you can say, okay, there it, things are coordinated, you know. And then on some plays um, that are not successful, you can you can see what they're trying to do. But either somebody misses a block, you know, i.e. the Cameron McDonald play, um, or the O-line just gets blown up. You know, um, I think that happened on one of those um, third or fourth downs, I think it was. Um, <laughs> as soon as they hiked the ball, the guy was in the backfield and hit Corbin. And as soon as he got the handoff and, you know, it was um, it was not successful. I think that was one of the fourth down plays. But, you know, you can see you can see that, um, you know, they have a plan. Um, and then those those throws horizontally um, help and help open up the um, the shots downfield. And that's the other thing with Jordan Travis. You know, he had um, uh, parchment was open one time. Malik McLean was open one time on those shot plays. And all he has to do is just lead him across the field. And it's probably a, a long game at the very least, or a touchdown. And, you know, Travis overthrows them like 15 or 20 yards. And, you know, just he's just like, man, you know, you, you wish you could, you wish you could connect on those plays. But, you know, that's that's you know, that's what you have um, with Jordan Travis at quarterback, um, um, you know. So but what what I also like, too, was um you know, I criticized them early in the game. You know, the defense was was playing lights out, shutting Syracuse down as they should because they're really one dimensional. You know, and and offense did score in their first position, scored a field goal, so that was good. You know, but then they kind of just kind of got stagnant, and it was you know three and out. Uh, then they they got the ball at mid, midfield uh, on a shank punt, and they scored a touchdown, which was huge. And, of course, we missed the extra point. And I want to apologize to Ryan Fitzgerald because it was not his fault. It was a, it was a bad hold, and that's why he missed the extra point. I know, you know, that's one of those things where I was like, bro, we got to find a kicker because we're missing extra points, you know, but that was not on him. Um, so I just want to point that out. But the defense, after the Noahs went up 9 to nothing, the defense went right out there and allowed Syracuse to get right back in the game with a with a quarterback that should not have ran away from them. Now, granted, there was there was a hold on the play that allowed that play to happen. DJ Lundy pretty much got tackled. Um, Jermaine Johnson missed a tackle. You know, he should have brought him down. Um, he missed a tackle. I know the guy's big, but you got to make that tackle. Um, but nevertheless, you know, they allowed them to get right back into the game um, with a touchdown. And then you saw the FSU offense go three and out, and then you saw Syracuse give up, uh, score another touchdown, which made made it thirteen to nine, um, which is you know right before halftime. And normally, you know, you would see, you know, you just like, oh man, you know, they have all the momentum and credit to the offense that went right down right before half and scored a touchdown. They went seventy five yards on six plays, scored a touchdown. Um, go up um, 16-13 uh, at the half. And then in the second half, you saw them um, score first in the second half and go up 23-13. And you're like, okay, you know, we, we're getting ready to put these guys away. And, of course, we um, get a get a stop on defense, and then um, Ontario Wilson muffs the punt, and you're like, bruh. And surprisingly, we talked about adversity as we first got on. Surprisingly, the defense 
um, got to stop um, your turnover on downs, uh, which, you know, granted put the FSU offense right on their own goal line, but they at least prevented the score. Normally, whenever you have a, a turnover like that, the defense almost always gives up a touchdown immediately. And that wasn't the case. So I want to give props to those guys for um, for that. And, um, <clears throat> you know, so uh, big time for them. But we, we did, you know, we saw we saw, you know, the offense respond when they needed needed to. Um, you know, we saw the defense respond at times when we needed to, um, especially on the interception um, Travis threw, which wasn't on him. That was on McDonald for missing the block. But when you look at it and you're like, man, you know, FSU's up 30 to 27 and Syracuse gets an interception on FSU's side of the field. And you're like, the first thing you think is, here we go. They're on the FSU 41-yard line. And you're like, oh, man, you know, there's only there's only like eight minutes left in the game. You're like, man, if they score a touchdown here, it's probably a wrap. And the defense – the defense bowed up, you know, forced a field goal, which that's a win. You know, you count that as a win. You know, so it's 30-30 with uh, five minutes left in the game, and FSU gets the ball, and you're like, okay, let's go on a let's go on a, a long drive here, drain the clock, score, game's over. What happens? FSU offense goes three and out, gives the ball back to Syracuse, with um, 2.59 remaining, you're like, oh, man. If you're a betting man, you're betting the FSU, uh, FSU is going to allow a score and there's going to be no time remaining on the clock and they're going to go to 0-5. And what happens? The defense comes up with another stop. Another stop gives the ball back to um, FSU with a minute remaining. Of course, Jordan Travis, you know, does his magic and um, – Ryan Fitzgerald kicks the game-winning field goal as time expires. Um, you know, so offense, you got to give them credit. You know, although limited, they scored 33 points with several three and outs, you know, with uh, two turnovers. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. The offense didn't. The offense had one turnover. Special teams turned the ball over, um, so that, that's on them. Um, speaking of special teams, special teams were – God awful. Aside from uh, Fitzgerald kicking, you know, he made two field goals. Uh, and besides uh, Alex Mastromano, who they weren't they weren't the most aesthetically pleasing punts, but you know they they were effective. Uh, I think he um, he averaged um, you know forty four point seven punts on the day. Had six points six punts. Uh, had a long of forty nine. And um, Syracuse only returned two of them. But the kickoff return coverage, man, I, they had, Syracuse had six returns, had a long of 44, and averaged 33.2 yards returning kickoffs. That's unacceptable, especially considering how much time they spend on special teams. How in the world? I mean, Syracuse, Syracuse was – was catching the ball and they were they were up to the fifteen to twenty yard line before you even saw a FSU player an FSU player in the on the screen, you know. And then you just saw them running through tackles, and and you're just like, bro, what what are we doing out there? 
you know, so they got to clean it up. Um, kickoff coverage is awful. Kickoff return. Kickoff return. Oh, my goodness. Why? Why did it look like Ja'Kai Douglas was running in molasses out there? Ja'Kai Douglas had three kickoff returns. <laughs> he had a long of 16 and averaged 13 return, 13 yards on his three returns. What are you doing? Is Are you injured? Are you are you running slower than usual to try to wait for something to open up? I I don't get it. I don't I don't know what they're doing out there on kickoff returns. They got to find. I don't know. Corey Wren hurt. I, you know who knows? I know he. You know he had a couple of decent returns here over the last couple of weeks, but kickoff return, kickoff return coverage, garbage, garbage. They got they got to fix that and. You know, that field position, man, is a big thing on offense. Whenever your offense is struggling, you need you need is every yard counts. I mean, there's a huge difference between starting at your own 13 or 15 yard line opposed to the 25. You know, if you can't, and I've been saying it for weeks, if you can't run it out with any success, just fair catch the ball, take it at the 25, and go from there. Your your chances of running one back or getting a big a big run are slim to none anyway. Fair catch the ball, and you know, let's go to work on offense. But um, I want to switch to the defense now. Like I said, early in the game, you know, Syracuse, you know, and I, and I wrote on Chop Chat earlier this week, um, if this was a make-or-break game for Adam Fuller. And I know everybody wanted to, wants to fire him. And, um, you know, I mean, granted, there, there have been some mishaps and bad calls. But for the most part, man um, – Man, for the most part, you know, FSU had been 0-4 because of the offense. Um, you know, and going into and going into this game, uh they, you know, they were shutting they were shutting uh Syracuse down and FSU, you know, pretty much the offense, you know, they did, you know, they scored, you know, nine points. But I kept saying, like, man, you you gotta take advantage of these opportunities. And when you look at it, it was um Syracuse punted on their first possession. Turnover on downs on the next position. Pun on the next position. Pun on the next position. I mean, you know, there is one, two, three, four possessions, and FSU managed nine points in that time in that time frame against a defense that's, you know, they're okay, but they're not. They're not Georgia out there, and you know, and then once, and then once, you know, kind of. Uh, Syracuse figured some things out. Then you're like, okay, well, you know, they started to have some success, and 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 some of that too was I think FSU um, they had a, a, a number of players um, not playing. Uh, Dennis Briggs didn't play on a on a on a D line, um, so you had some backups out there, um, you know, at times too, which which they didn't play poorly, but you know, it's, it is a drop off between Dennis Briggs and um, Jarrett Jackson and places like that. On some of those plays, um, you know, for instance, the, the blown coverage um, where it was third and ten, and and Syracuse scored a touchdown. You know, it, it, when I first saw the play, I thought I thought the um, I thought the the blown coverage was on. Uh, I think it was Kevin Knowles, uh, but going back and looking at the game, the they were playing zone. It looks like, and what happened was Jerry and Jones played man 
when they were supposed to be playing zone and went with his man to the end zone instead of re- releasing his guy to to the safety back there. That's why you saw Jerry and Jones and I think it was Sidney Williams hit the guy right at the pylon. Well, Jerry and Jones was supposed to be in the zone where the receiver caught the ball. Um, but because he went with his guy to the end zone, that's why he was wide the hell open. Jerry Jones is what? This is his third year in college. I mean, this is his second year at FSU. I mean, I'm sure they go over this in practice all the time. You know, is that, I mean, I'm not defending Fuller because I'll tell you, there was a time during the game where I was like, hey, you got to go. You got to go. You know, but I mean, you know, missed tackles, man, you know, and then I get it. You know, you're saying, well, as a coach, you got to get these guys to um, believe in your scheme or or whatever. And I don't think it's I don't think it I don't think it's anything like Adam Fuller's like, hey, this is what you need to do on the play. And the guy's like, man, I don't believe that's going to work. I'm just going to do my thing whenever it's time for me to go out there. I don't I don't believe that's the case. You know, I, you know, I, but I don't understand why. You know, it's kind of like, for instance. So whenever, whenever I was playing college baseball, right? When I was a freshman, if you wanted to get me out, if you threw high fastballs or like sliders away, oh, it was a wrap, right? Why did I want to swing at fastballs? You know, from my chest, you know, at chest level. And I can remember my coach telling me. You know, obviously, obviously, you. I know it's a ball. I know it's a ball. I shouldn't swing at, but for whatever reason, I'm still swinging at it. You know, there's only so much a coach can do. You know, at practice, it's up to the player when it's game time to make to make the adjustment. You know, and at some point, it finally clicked. You know, oh yeah, I shouldn't swing at that. And, you know, from that point on, I didn't really have any problems with with the high fastballs anymore. Now, the slider, <laughs> the slider down the way, that's that's a nasty pitch. So that's another story. But, you know, it's all about, you know, the co- the coaches can only do so much at practice and, and you can you can rep it all day. But and you can do it right in practice, you know, and I think the coaches have said that. But at the same time, whenever whenever you're in the game, I mean, <sighs> You know, it's tough, man. I mean, it's you can blame coaching, but at the same time, the, the players got to they got to they got to do it. And then it's like, OK, well, if the players don't do it, put somebody else in there. Well, they're kind of limited on who who they can put out there. You know, Akeem Dent was out. Um, Miko Dotson was out, you know, but that's not that's not really saying too much. Um you know, you got a bunch of freshmen out there. You know, Mario and Cooper. You're starting to see some freshmen play. Kevin Owens is playing. Uh, you, we've seen Mario and Co- Cooper out there, who looked like he was in slow mo, running after after the quarterback on that play. And that's another thing I saw. Man, it was. There's some players that FSU has that they look like they're in slow motion. You know, and and I don't know if it was you know they were tired or. You know, I, I, I just, you know, maybe they're not 100 percent, you know, but I was just I was that's one thing that really stuck out to me, um, you know, and somebody else mentioned it, um, you know, just, um, you know, I was watching a game earlier in the day. And then when I when I was watching, you know, FSU play and it was like, man, this is like 
there's a big difference, a big difference. Now, when certain players get the ball, like when you see Jason Corbin get the ball and he hits the hole, you're like, okay, hey, that's that's a legit D1 running back, you know, not not elite, but he's he's a good player. You, you know, when you see um, uh, Treshawn Ward hit the hole, now he doesn't have the breakaway speed, but you know you can you know, he's got some moves in the hole and he and he runs hard, um, you know. But then when you see when you see other guys out there, you know it's just like man, you know they're they're moving the slow mo. Um, and I have wrote last last week, you know, is it is it coaching or is it lack of talent and um, you know, there's a, there's, there's a, a big, big, big lack of talent, um, you know, on the roster right now. And, you know, they're just going to have to recruit their way out of it. Um, you know, they're going to have to go back to the transfer portal, um, at, at several spots, you know, probably, um, defensive end, offensive line, um, wide receiver, you know, those, those are three right off top. Um, but you know, but they do have some pieces, um, moving forward, um, especially on the O-line, if they can ever get healthy, um, with the current group of guys and props to those guys too. Um, I know a lot of those guys are playing banged up, you know, the coaches, uh, Mark Novell mentioned that in the uh, post-game presser, um, playing hurt, playing hurt is, is no fun. I played hurt in baseball. I can only imagine playing hurt in a contact sport like football, um, when you're, when you're colliding with another huge human being, every, every single play, you know, and, and just like, it's just like, um, every time you go to the ground, you know, it's, it becomes harder and harder to get back up just from fatigue and, and all of the, you know, accumulation of, of, uh, of, of injuries. Um, so, you know, I do, I do want to give props to, um, to those guys, um, those that are playing hurt because, if if those guys, you know, if Mari Smith didn't play, um, uh, and I know um, was that Robert Scott, um, he's banged up. Uh, I think Gibbons is banged up. Um, all of them probably are. You know, think about think about who had to play. Who would be out there if those guys didn't didn't you know show some heart and grit and go out there and try to play? You know, it, it, you think it's bad now. It would be it would be undescribable you know so um you know but you know we're seeing you know the team isn't quitting you know i think this win will be be big for for them um they got a tough a tough uh matchup on the road against unc um this coming week but unc and don't take this as me saying hey we're gonna win unc is is really inconsistent uh, they don't have some of the weapons they had last year. Of course, they have a good quarterback. They struggled to run the ball, you know. So it'll be interesting to see how how that game shakes out, um, you know. But if 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 FSU could somehow pull off that 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 upset, you know, like they did last year, uh, and then go into the bye week and get healthy, and then they would have UMass after the bye week, you know. That would be that's that's that, you know that would be another win you know that you know that could give those guys some momentum you know a lot of times you know I've talked about how how powerful confidence is 
and um you know just getting over the hump you know they've they've shown they can overcome adversity they did it several times in the Syracuse game and Syracuse isn't a good team and I know everybody was talking about their three and one and yada 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 and the running back is one of the best you know in the country and you know is leading ACC and rushing and you know I'm like yeah but I, I mean come on they ain't, they haven't played anybody either I mean you saw that yesterday um, you know, he wasn't running wild out there, um, like he was against all those other teams. So, um, but you know, but still a win is a win. Um, it's a win that the program needed. Um, and hopefully it's something they can build on, um, moving forward. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens. Um, I'll have some more content on the, um, on the game coming up. Uh, this week and then we'll begin to transition into coverage for North Carolina um, but really appreciate you guys um, uh, checking in with us um, here on the Built for Playmakers podcast um, the, the podcast is, is growing um, I've gotten some some great questions from you guys some great suggestions so I appreciate you th- those that have reached out uh, via via DM uh, we're certainly taking those in, into consideration and so and if also if you're um, interested in you know things you want to you know see on or hear about on on the podcast or if you have any suggestions on how it can be improved how it can be improved you know certainly um open to any and all constructive criticism but i appreciate you guys rocking with me um you know make sure you um subscribe and download and um share share on show, social media um the power of social media is is big time um i've seen it with uh with chop chat and how we've grown that site over the last five years. And um, we hope to do the same thing um, with the podcast here. So um, those of you that have um, given us a five-star rating, um, we appreciate it. Um, if you haven't done so, we we would um, love it if you could. And, um, you know, all of that helps the podcast. And um, we look forward to um, talking with you guys um, in the next few days. Um, have a great week and go Noles. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.